During this season of life, I had decided to put myself out there on eHarmony and look for love. Maybe just someone to date would be a nice start. I was starting to be free of my past ideals and theology and the whole wide world of Christian women and not just ones from my background were now available. In my past, I was at least aware that I shouldn't date someone trying to get them to change to be like me. That was foolish and selfish, but that made the pool of resources pretty shallow. And after circling that small swimming pool a couple times, I was happy to get out there into the big wide ocean and see what else was available. I went on a couple dates with this nice girl who was a teacher. I knew it didn't really like her, but after the first date, my next door neighbor friend with the Mustang encouraged me to give it a second chance. I did. Uh, but I think she ended it before I could. <laughs> I'm a bit of a rule breaker, and anyone that is too straight-laced is a bit too stuffy for me. I might have laid it on a little thick. Uh, I was thankful for the interaction, though, but it was time to move on. Uh, so whenever you you get on one of these sites, you have to put together a profile. There's usually some pictures, which are hilarious, by the way, to, to talk about, like, turnoffs and what you don't want to see like I have a, a couple of rules I'm like uh, no horses uh, those beasts are expensive and nobody wants to have that like tether for the rest of their life uh, I'm not a big fan of girls in camo shooting high-powered rifles that's a big that's a big turnoff I've seen that quite a few times um I mean, if somebody has gone to Thailand, they, they have a picture of themselves with an elephant and it will be in their, their profile. That's pretty fun. I'm, I kind of want one too. Maybe I want to be cool. Uh, maybe that's what's been missing all these time, you know, all this time. Uh, there's a couple other things, but you do you. I mean, it's an interesting thing. And then you fill out this, this like question and answer, like what name three things, what's the most important thing? What are you looking for in a partner? All these kind of different things. It's, it's vain. It's stupid. I wish people met in bars and parks and church and easier places, but the culture right now is online and it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, you just have to learn how to talk to people. And sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't. And hopefully that's part of the whole journey of it all. I am too long-winded, as you might guess. Uh, but I thought it would be fun to share with you some of the things that I had on my profile. So one of the questions that they ask is, what I'm most passionate about? Um, so this is what I wrote. I said, I am enjoying the journey of life with God. It's not predictable or always easy, but it has made me who I am. I treasure time with friends, sharing hearts, and being honest. I connect with people that have had an unexpected journey in life as well. I think it's amazing how God can make someone something beautiful out of ashes. And it's more fun to see the sparks than never draw close to the fire. That, that's silly. That's a little too poetic. I actually wrote this. I, I, I'm making fun of myself right there. That's a little too poetic, but it is so tough to try to show a lighthearted side and a serious side. I have a fun, light, witty personality that tries not 
to take things too seriously. Ah, if they only knew. Uh, the most important thing that I'm looking for in a person. I would like someone who is wise, gentle, and encouraging. Someone who likes a little adventure and mixing things up, but is already pretty satisfied in life and just, just wants someone to share the journey with. Someone who loves God and has taken time to explore why they believe what they do and really find out through experience what really matters in life and basically what God wants us to care about. Uh, okay, next category. The first thing people notice about me. My brutal honesty and lack of pretense. I try to enjoy the ride in life, and living with a mask is not nearly as enjoyable as just being who I am naturally. It leads to a jump first and figure out how to land philosophy. And it's sometimes shocking, some of the random things I think of and do, without hesitation. But it always seems to work out. Mostly. Uh, three things that I'm thankful for. Uh, number one, my life, ups and downs, all of it makes me who I am, and I'm starting to enjoy the process. Number two, relationship with God. It's changed over time, but it is the most fulfilling thing of life. And number three, my friends, especially the ones who I get really open and honest with and that understand. So here's, here's what was going on. About a week before the whole mess of a day that became the epic conversations, cutting me off from almost my entire past, I met this one girl. She seems pretty great, actually. Uh, she was beautiful, but also very normal. She was a nurse, which, by the way, so was mom. Uh, she actually was a single mother. My mom was, too. Uh, before me with my older brother. There was an 11-year age gap between us. Um, this girl uh, was somehow also in the Navy. That was part of uh, who she was. Um, Navy Reserves. And uh, by the way, my dad was in the Navy for 20-plus years. That was well before I was even alive. He was a vet uh, in Vietnam for multiple tours, and he also had a divorce, and actually two. Him and mom are doing great, though. They're really, really good. I'll talk about them later. I've already teased that once, but I'll tease it again. I, uh, I don't know. I can't remember if this girl on eHarmony uh, smiled at me first, or maybe I reached out. Um, I actually don't remember. Uh, I just remember having a couple of really witty moments and very cute conversation. I pride myself on my extremely cute, witty comments. Um, and I think I was uh, grade A plus plus that time. Uh, I even brought my laptop to a bar the night when I first uh, met her because I wanted to watch UFC, but I still wanted to keep talking to her. So I was that guy. I brought a laptop to a bar. Um, real, real catch. So that week, I was starting to process things myself, and I would mention a couple of the general things I was dealing with. Uh, turns out she had a very interesting and diverse cult, uh, church 
past two. She even called it the group, uh, the home church cult. Um, I grew up in a home church cult. Uh, that was somewhat music to my ears. Um, it was a time though, in her family, she has a big family, brothers and sisters. Uh, they attended a home church hosted by one of her dad's longtime friends. Uh, now though, similarly, she was part of a church in Lancaster with her siblings. And she mentioned that she was still processing some of her past. Um, I really enjoyed meeting someone with a less than perfect story. Uh, I really enjoyed our interactions. Uh, they were flirty, but supportive and somehow very deep at times. Uh, we were only exchanging messages through eHarmony, but there was a definite chemistry. Um, it was uncanny how many of the puzzle pieces fit. And also, uh, here was the biggest shock. Uh, she liked talking to me. She was kind of interested in me too. Oh, uh, before I go on, I should probably give this girl a name. Um, that's right. This girl was the girl of my dreams. Help me on this treacherous road so I don't gain the whole world Before my soul Hold my hand Be close by my side Tell me don't be afraid It'll be alright Cause I feel more lost than in the past So tell me time and time again I'm on the right path So that's the bigger context of the day I sent her a message asking to move to emails. Uh, it was less than 24 hours after losing my connection with the Harrisburg Fellowship that I originally moved out to join and the Columbus Fellowship that I was still processing all the ways they had gone off course. Uh, I'm not someone who comes from a large family. Uh, it's been pretty much me, uh, mom, and dad. Um, I, uh, I do, I can't wait to tell you about them, uh, but I have a, a special place for them at the end. So they truly are a treasure, mom and dad are. Uh, they have more kids, but they're all from other marriages. Um, they're all older than me by at least like 10 years. But for the majority of my life, I lived like an only child. Um, my parents, who are both, both much older, uh, that's when they had me. Um, I think mom was 35 when she had me. Dad was 46. Um, I was their last try at a normal life, I guess. Um, I didn't really mind it uh, being an only child or think about how my life was different without siblings. But I did get really involved with church more in my teenage years once I really wanted these friends and and just wanted to belong. I had a couple friends at school, but some major disappointments, and it seemed like I was still searching for a group to belong to. Um, well, that became my teen group at Fellowship in Columbus. Um, that was the most exciting group to be part of, even though I lived an hour away and usually only saw people on Sundays. 
Uh, but those times were precious to me. And especially during the summers where we would go off to a Bible camp together. Um, that's actually how I, I ever met the people in Harrisburg in the first place. The leader of uh, my church and the leader of the Harrisburg church at the time were friends and ran a summer group together. So this was, in, this was at Christian camps, but it was run by a, a, like the fellowship. Like it was, it was all our doctrine and teaching and um, the setup and, and all those kind of different things. So I loved uh, after like these one week, you know, would change my life. And I loved keeping in touch with people. Um, I eventually built up a habit of going out to visit people that I met at these camps. Um, that's why when I needed a new place to go after Columbus broke my heart, um, it was a pretty dis simple decision. I remember, I, I, we could get into this for a whole nother episode, that whole time frame, but I remember praying to God, like, can I please move? And God seemed to speak to me and he said, you can do what you want. And I was like, can I move to Harrisburg? And it was like, you can do what you want. I'm not sure how the voice of God works at times. Um, but when people say that I was called to come to be part of the Harrisburg Church, usually that, that might be in the vein of what changed. Why aren't you going there anymore? Shouldn't you just be working things out? I actually remember reminding people, um, no, I was allowed. Maybe in the end... Uh, with where I am now, it was more than that. I don't know. <laughs> but I definitely didn't know the end from the beginning. And if I did, I probably would have tried to go a different way. Um, I digress. The real thing I wanted to say is that I didn't have a large family. Uh, my friend group mainly came from fellowship. So when I got caught off, it was startling. <sighs> I didn't have to be any certain way, so in one sense there were no, no restrictions. But I also didn't have the comfort or entertainment of a community. I had all these new friends that were quite messy, and but they were all fledgling relationships. Would they be enough? Um, so far, I was filled. I was doing good. I was trying to learn how to human better. I used to say that I'm learning how to human better as a verb, almost like my past uh, culture upbringing didn't foster human maturity or, or expression or just just straight humanness. I, I was telling people I am learning how to human better. Um, I just, what I meant was just being real. I just wanted to be real. And relatable. I some I, I saw how some of the past relationships were so tense. Like just, just all the relationships, romantic or friends, um, and that was on me. Like there was a lot that I brought to relationships. You know, I wanted to be the guru, the sensei, the helper. Um, I, I tried to stop that. To 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 start listening more. Um, to stop trying to fix everyone else, to let them be who they were and just love them, because I know that's what I needed. Um, it was hard, but I knew 
there was some definite, some, some strong indicators. Um, and especially since now, like not being part of a specific church where everybody's going to the same church. So you're getting the same influx. All these guys or girls in my life were, were young Christians and I didn't want to squash that. I didn't want to crush it. I wanted to nurture it. I wanted to be responsible. I wanted, I wanted to, to, to focus on myself for, for, for what I was changing and growing in and then just learn how to healthy, be a healthy friend that brought people to God by my own sharings and my own journey and then listened when they shared and and maybe asked if I could give advice at times like, hey, would you mind if I, I spoke into this? But a whole lot of other times, just sitting and having a beer, working on a car, sharing what I was just living through. And that seemed to be a lot healthier. Um, and, you know, they were people my similar age, which was really helpful too. Um, how do I respect them and not speed them along a journey they're not ready for too soon? And, and that's how I was, what I was trying to figure out one conversation at a time. Um, and I was sure that I was going to mess it up. I, I was sure that I wasn't going to do it right every time, but I was hoping to, to do it in the overall. I, I say this as context, as another set of context, because this time period is actually about just the speed up drastically. Um, I'm not going to even get into all the details. We've been sometimes like two episodes to cover one day's worth of content. That's not what we're doing now. We're, we're speeding up. Um, here's, here's what happens or happened with the girl of my dreams. Uh, so, oh, the, con- the context is my whole community being lost and replaced. How does that happen? And how do you do that well? So, so with the girl of my dreams, she sent me an email. Uh, it was fun and flirty, and I sent another one back. I remember thinking, this is really, really nice. Just, just a big smile on my face. Also, uh, because of her being a single mother, I needed to learn how to respect her in that and not move too quick. Uh, she even mentioned that gaining trust would be a process, and it would take her a while, take a while to meet her son. So it came as, you know, quite a shock um, when she sent an email with something about her her phone messing up with emails and wanting to switch to phone numbers and texting. I was ecstatic. I got digits. And that was soon into, um, you know, communicating. She told me not to gloat, uh, but still, that was exciting. We started texting, and that was really, really, that was really, really fun, too. Um and I still wrote a couple more emails uh, because there's something really nice uh, for me about that medium. I've sent them for years. Um, and you've heard some of them. I, I, I know you have. Um, if you get one from me, then it probably means I enjoyed writing it and reading it over and over again just as much as I hoped you would read and enjoy it. Things were just going great with this girl. 
um, I, I actually, in that time frame, I, I really needed like an outlet and some fun. It was such a heavy time period. Multiple things were crashing at once. Um, she worked as, as a nurse teacher. So it was, it was at a technical school. By the way, my dad, he was a teacher and he worked at a technical school. Well, a technical high school. I digress. And um, so, so she had this, this uh, conference. It was at the end of a school term. She had this conference in Salt Lake City that she was flying out with some of her coworkers to go to it. Um, I remember asking for some pictures of the fancy hotel she was staying at and just trying to keep busy while she was gone. Like I was in Philadelphia and I had this really nice bike ride, saw some old friends. Um, and just, and just in general, wanted to keep things going the way they were. Um, and then I drove back to Lancaster. Um, I think I, I don't know if I went to church. It was a Saturday. Um, I was watching a movie. So Saturday night, 1030, I'm watching Jumanji, the first one with the rock and well, not the first one, but you get it. And, um, all of a sudden, so, so I'm getting, I, I got a couple texts, but I got this text from this girl and it was something very simple, but it was basically like, what did you mean by this? And I think, I think the question she was asking was, was in relation to gender roles um, in a relationship or in the world and, and equality and what's your views on femininity and feminism. Um, it was one of those really tricky subjects that you can get yourself into trouble with very quickly. Um, I think I tried to write a, a text like five different times uh, and deleted it uh, and was like, nope. Uh, Eventually, I had a, a new thought. Um, so I texted, this is a little complex to text. Uh, would you be up for talking? To my great astonishment, she said yes. seem to collect from all my foolish ways and forget all the sins of my past and remember instead all your goodness as I fall short in all I do and the only perfect thing I have is you was horrifying and exciting, terrifying, super cool. I don't even know. I was about to hear her voice for the very first time. It's a very unique situation dating online. Meeting for the first time, hearing someone's voice. I mean, we were at the point where I felt like I knew this girl at this time, but now like, what if it doesn't work? And oh my God, what if she sounds so whiny? Or I don't know, you know? What is it? I don't know. So I called 
she answered. And we started talking. She had a lovely voice. She, she, she was wonderful to talk to. We, we talked and talked. We talked about everything. Um, I don't think there was... It, it was not even light stuff. It was like, let's... What are your views on politics and gender roles? Faith, family values, expectations. Uh, all super important things and deep subjects. Now, here's the crazy thing. Uh, we agreed on almost everything. I'm every, almost everything. There was a couple minor things that we were like, Hmm, I'm close to that, but I think this, that was it. Everything else was the exact same. Uh, the time flew by. I don't know what else we talked about. I don't have the detail, the play by play. Uh, but all of a sudden it was 2 a.m. I... I said goodnight, but I'm pretty sure I dreamed of her and kept into some sort of daze the next day. Um, maybe it was the lack of sleep, but I'm guessing that it was uh, Homeboy has got a crush already. And uh, yeah, I just thought she was so special. Interesting, connecting, matching, pretty. And I was like, this doesn't happen to me. Let's, let's just try to not mess this up. Like, that was nice, but who knows if that will happen again. Um, I think we chatted and texted during Sunday. But then Sunday night, we, we, we did it again. We called and talked. Exact same thing happened. Lots and lots of deep connecting details and sharing. Lots of fun, interesting conversation. Lots of... It's, it's like this indescribable when you, when you start getting, you know, to meet somebody else and you're like fascinated in them and you're fascinated that, that what you say is, is interesting to them and, and that everything about it is just like humming. Um, before I knew it, 2 a.m., there it is again. Uh, this time, so second phone call of all time uh, with a girl of my dreams. Uh, at the end of the call, something kind of funny happened. So, in the fellowship, they throw around the word love you all the time. And it's like every single time you say goodbye to somebody, you say bye, God bless you, love you. Like all of those things, like God bless you. I don't even know what that means now. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And then love you, I know what that one means, but I don't want to say it no more. I'm like, let's reserve that word. Let's put that on the shelf and then like, let's take it down and let's like really mean it. Because honestly, it gets a little creepy. Um, it's like, are you commanding God to go bless this person? And then are, if you love everyone, then do you love anyone? And then like, I don't even know. I just know that it, I don't like it. And I'm trying to retrain my brain. I was like, don't say love you to everyone. Stop hugging everyone. I came from a church where it's like, Everyone hugs, like all of the people. So you walk in, you walk out. We're talking like 30 hugs minimum or something like that. I don't know. Maybe that's an exaggeration. All right. So, but let's respect personal space and boundaries. 
Andrew. Like, let's let's get better at these things. Uh, but at the end of this call, maybe, I mean, 2 a.m., I was tired. Maybe I was smitten. And I was saying goodnight. And then I said, love you. Oh, shit. And then, like, she cackled. And the phone call was already done before I knew what happened. So like like maybe I was reaching for the button or she was or something in terms of like this moment happened and then all of a sudden the phone call was done. And so I sat there and I looked and I was like, oh my God, what happened? What did I just do? Oh no, she's going to think I'm weird. This is all like, I that's too soon. And then like, I don't want to say that as much anymore. But I also had just kind of like a big grin on my face. Um, well, you know, whoops, that happened. <laughs> uh, no matter. Uh, we'll just we'll just laugh about it tomorrow. So uh, we did. She actually ribbed me for it, and and you know, night number three, uh, two a.m. So three nights in a row, talking for hours and hours never getting bored once um we talked about everything under the sun i couldn't get enough i was so thankful for the connection we were making and the time we were sharing i wanted to do something special for our last night she was about to this was her last night in town and then she was going to fly back um so romeo here had some uh big ideas um i did some d digging I wanted to do something special, so I don't I don't know much, but I was bound and determined uh, to do a big romantic gesture. So I looked up the conference. That was easy enough to find. There was one going on in Salt Lake City. Uh, and then I found out what hotel the conference was being hosted at, and that matched with what I knew of the situation. So I found the hotel. And I'm like, I'm guessing this girl's here. So I called the, the hotel and asked for the concierge desk. Uh, it was a beautiful, big hotel, like, like one of the fanciest I've ever heard of or seen. I don't even know if every hotel has a concierge, but not all hotels have like a French woman who is like your typical concierge, like probably says it much better than I do. Uh, but this one did. And I just told her my situation. I was like, hey, I really like this one girl. Uh, she's going to the conference. And I, I think she's staying there at this hotel. And I want to do something special. And uh, so she was like, what do you have in mind? I, I would try a French accent, but it would, it would go horribly. Um, she was interested. And I said, well, uh, she really likes purple tulips that are in bloom all around you. Um, and I was wondering if I could have some sent up to her room as a surprise. Um, something during the day so that it's there waiting for her when she got back. Uh, the concierge was delighted, absolutely tickled, uh, loved the idea. 
uh, she she did find this girl and her room, and she assured me um, that they would be beautiful, um, that she would take care of everything, that she would arrange it. Um, I mean, I would never see it, but I, you know, I had to hope she would figure it out. She was she was going to be much better at this than I was, um, and that it was going to some somehow magically get to the right place. I mean, her her name wasn't too unique, but it wasn't too common either. So let's let's hope. All right. So um, that night was community group. So, so with my church, uh, and so I, I was, I knew I was pretty excited about this whole thing. Um, and I was too excited or nervous to know how she would like the present. Um, so I just, I knew I'd be distracted. So I just left the phone in the car during the meeting. Um, so when I got back, like, so I went to the meeting, did the, the, did the sharing and the talking and that was good, but I kept on thinking about her and I couldn't wait to get back to the car. So I get back to the car and I checked the phone and it was like blown up by three or four calls and, and three or four text messages. Um, her message was like, oh my gosh, no one has ever done something like this for me. She was so overjoyed, freaked out, state of shock. Um, she actually, she had to leave after she found them to go out with her coworkers to go get some food. Um, she would call me as soon as she was alone and free. Um, I waited. I couldn't be happier. Um, our fourth phone call. When it happened, it was almost like a turning point had been reached. Before we had a lot of flirty, sweet moments, um, we did have really good, deep conversations where we shared about our pasts and a lot of things we were coming out of. But after the tulips, it was almost like, wow, I think there, this is something really special. I remember talking with her that night and crying because I was so happy. And she was crying. She was happy, too. I, re I legitimately thought that this was the answer to my prophecy. This was God making all the past pain worth it. I finally got my dream girl. I finally arrived. Uh, and now, lo and behold, uh, it was immediately once I left fellowship. It was almost like this was what I had been destined for the entire time. And now that I had the courage and the perspective to finally do it all of, all of life was coming together all at once. It was exciting, and I was so happy. I had waited so long and been disappointed so many times. But now was finally my time to be thought of and recognized by God. It was finally my time to be remembered, to be blessed and happy. So much of my life... Um, so much of life was happening so fast. But I remained confident that I could almost do no wrong. Bring on the whirlwind. Look at how it's shaping up. Everything is, is coming up roses. Like everything is falling into place. This was what it all meant. I was prepared by this hardship to finally get the life I had always wanted.
It was finally coming true. My life turned a corner and I couldn't have been happier. Change my world and change me Break all of my pride And set me free Be what's right when everything seems wrong Take all of my hurt And brighten into your song Cause when I wander near and far You're the constant voice that guides my heart Well, the next part of the story is a bit of a blur. Uh, She came back home. We met immediately. I was in a state of shock. She was even prettier and more lovely than I had known. I couldn't believe the fairy tale I was living. Uh, We saw each other every day for the next week and a half until I had to take a trip to Germany for work. I met her son. That was on day two. Um, I met her sister and her brothers. That was on day three. Actually, I, I even on that day, I accidentally met her parents. Um, so they, I, she, she was painting her house, and all the siblings were there. And then the the parents stopped by unexpectedly. They were just in the ta- in town. Um. And, like, this girl of my dreams and her sister run upstairs where I'm working. And they're like, uh, are you ready to meet our parents? And I was like, no. And they're like, too bad, because they're here. And you should. It will, it will be fine. So, um, that's, that's pretty quick. So, all right, I'm a pretty good guy. Let's go downstairs. So... I sheepishly walked up and uh, I kind of got ignored a couple times and, and they were talking with their, their kids and I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. Uh, I, don't, I don't really want to interrupt. Um, and then I was introduced and then her mom was like, wait, is this the tulips guy? Um, yeah. Yep. That was me. Uh, we still talked on the phone at night, um, but I saw her every day. I, I would I would leave her place, whether it was a brief thing, she was busy with something or, or whatever, or schoolwork. She was also going to school at the time uh, to be a nurse practitioner. She was pretty busy. Uh, but we would see each other after work, and then I would leave, drive home, maybe be texting her while driving her, or driving or talking, or I don't know. But then we would talk again for another couple hours at night, every night. Every night. Um, During the day, I would send her texts while I was working, or we would send emails. Like, I would send links to different fun videos, music that I wanted to share with her, uh, teachings, 
um, like the Timothy Keller stuff that I liked, uh, all these kind of things. I just, I always want to be able to share it with someone. And all of a sudden I had somebody that was eating it all up. Like they would listen to it and tell me that they liked it. That was, that was really, really cool. Um, we started getting physical, um, with our demonstrations of love. Um, that it, it was something that I wasn't uh, totally unaccustomed to. Um, but it, it was pretty quick and it was easy. It was almost, it was, it was almost too easy. Um, and I'm not going to focus on this part of the story, but this is, this is going to come up, but it really, it led really quickly to getting further and further physically intimate until we finally, you know, were intimate to the point of no return, you know, um, it was actually the night right before I left for Germany. Um, I was in shock, but really happy. Um, I mean, so all my friends at the time, they had these broken roads. They had these pathways that were filled with <laughs> not doing things perfectly right, but like it worked out in the end. And... I don't know. These broken roads sometimes lead to lead to a happy ending. These broken roads lead to marriage. So, and everybody else deals with sexual sexual intimacy. I mean, like this is this is common to man. Um, and I wanted to be human. I wanted to be common to man. I did not want to be the religious elite. I did not. I didn't want that badge of honor. I didn't want to be like those people. I wanted to be normal. I wanted to be like everybody else. And always, whether it's how I felt, found my self-identity, um, the way I looked at myself, the way I made decisions, um, I really didn't want to be the best anymore. I just wanted to be kind of normal. So... Um, About the only people I know who didn't go down this route or struggle with it came from fellowship. And they had strict moral guidelines, and that kind of made it easy for them. They had these, you know, you had these expectations. You had this group. You had this, this dynamic where, you know, why do we do the things that we do? What keeps us bounded from, from things that we we desire you know are you only doing the the things in your life because of the moral righteousness of it and you just have this this internal um conscience that is strong and that convicts you and that you just follow your morals i i was tested whether you know how how strong are your convictions and all of my convictions about who god is and who God was, and what life is like, and and moral like elitism and religious elitism was just not what I wanted to be a part of anymore. And I no longer had a group. I no longer had a group that I was trying to uh, stay in line with. Um, 
we were so enmeshed uh, by this point that we were already talking about marriage. Um, like, <laughs> I remember one one day that she, it was almost like a, a, a childhood, like a middle school thing to do, but like one day she was had some downtime at work and she wrote her new last name or what it would be with my last name all over a piece of paper, like practicing her signature. She gave that to me and I had it on my fridge. Now, I don't know when that happened, but that's the kind of like level that we were at. Um, it's difficult to share with you how much energy had been spent worrying about intimacy um, and sex or frustrated with this from all of life. And now it just, it didn't seem wrong. And I had just come out of a season where I specifically knew that if I got down a pathway that was wrong, then later on I could stop it. Because just like the strip clubs, God wouldn't leave me alone to like till I let go of it. So I was conflicted, you know, when I was in Germany. I wanted to fully embrace purity again. I was reading the meaning of marriage and I was seeing all these things that, that probably would be best. And we're, you know, she's got all this stuff to deal with and I've got all this stuff to deal with. But about, but you know, when I returned, my resolve was completely forgotten. Uh, and we started off where we left off. And this was, this was our summer of love. This was uh, mid May. Um, so a little more context, though, for this, this time period. So my community group, they were seasonal. They only did things in the fall and spring, and they took their normal break for the summer. So no longer did I have regular connection with my group to share what I was dealing with. So that also meant that I didn't see the pastor that ran the group as much. He had been such a good sounding board for me and had given me lots of good advice up to that point. Also, in addition, my friend at work got a really important project that required him to pack up and be sent over to China for an indefinite period of time. There was a large project that was not working and he needed to go there and immediately get things back up and running. Um, so he was gone. He left at some point. My next door neighbor, he was the one that I was still hanging out with. Um, but he was also dating someone. So when we got together, we would talk over, you know, how to do that and well and troubles. And it's so good to have a friend. Uh, so that was extremely helpful. Definitely needed that. Uh, but seriously, the person that already had uh, such a departure in community, me, uh, just lost like all their other resources all at once. So 
it made sense to fully commit to this new relationship. And her. Her life. She had plenty of things that were going on, and I could just join in them. Um, so she had a large family. She was, you know, one of six kids. Uh, all of her siblings had kids as well. Um, she was a middle child, so there were uh, younger and older and, and their spouses, um, and they would get together during the week. They, some of them lived in, nearby, and they would get together at parks. Uh, on weekends, they would all go up to their parents' house who were not too, too far away uh, for family picnics. Um, I mean, I would go over to her house after work. It was in the city, and it wasn't too far from, from me, and it was, it was almost easier to go there first without going anywhere else. Just go straight there, and then from there, I could go home later that night. Um, and eventually, I, I stopped going home. Like, I just got a suitcase, and I stayed. Um, that was a whole new experience as well, but that was easy to kind of transition into as well. Uh, so weekends, family time, picnics, uh, church um, together. I started going to church with her and sat with her and her family in the same, you know, area. I would go to my church. I would go like at the 9am service to mine. And then I'd go and meet her at hers for the 11 o'clock. Um, uh, you know, picnics, dinners, um, sleeping arrangements. I mean, just about every single thing just kind of melded together. Um, it was, it was really interesting too. If I was like, if I was driving home, if I, if I wasn't going over to her place, let's say I just was just, I'm done with work. I'm going home. She, I remember her calling and checking in and seeing how I was. And then her go, getting mad or getting like, maybe it was a playful mad, but it was a, still like a, why are you going home? Um, why aren't you over here with me? And I kind of liked it. I was wanted. I I just dove in. I decided, yeah, this was, this felt good. It's time to stop looking back. It's time to just move forward. Um, so for her, she, she also has a very long story to tell one day. Um, if she were to do a life story of all the pain and mistreatment, abuse she's received, she could fill a year's worth of podcasts. And I was starting to know these things. She was sharing them with me. We were, we were um, you know, talking about all aspects of our past and what it meant to us. Um, but, but those details, those are her story to tell. Um, some of the aspects will come up in general, but I just, I'm just going to share what it's like for me. Um, and, and, and there will be some things that come up in, in, in respect to her story. Um, but I'll just try and, uh, share that with as much respect and honor as possible. Um, the general idea that you need to know though, is that this felt like destiny. And both of us were coming out of such hurt. It felt like this, this relationship was our healing. Like we were allowed 
to come out of absolute ruin and find peace at last and joy and happiness. We were allowed to be messy and sweet and totally wrapped up in each other because we had been deprived of this kind of relationship our entire lives. And it was finally our time. Like I repeated that thought. <sighs> like I will restore all the hurt that has been dealt to her. I remember saying that. I remember saying, being so convinced. I felt like it was my personal mission to be the best husband that I could be to her one day in order to give her the space to heal just like I had. I, I continued to share with her teachings that I really loved from Timothy Keller or the book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, I text her verses that I was reading that day or generally just try to help her through all the heartache that she continued to face because of uh, her past. Um, I knew I didn't want to have a savior complex, but maybe if this was destiny, then it was my destiny to be part of God's salvation for her. Um, so many other people had seen this in their life stories. Maybe all the hurt and messiness got me ready for this moment when I would meet the woman of my dreams and she needed me to have every broken turn in the road just so I could meet her and walk her out of this mess. I didn't care what the mess was. We'd face it together. We'd come out the other side with the greatest love story ever told. How could it be any other way? Be my comfort, be my shield, be the one who will not yield. Be my joy, be my peace, the one who will not cease be my God be my God I think the other major aspect of this relationship that continually played in my head was how it was proof of God's favor on my life and my decision to leave the fellowship. I remember time and time again how I played back what it would have been like to see one of these friends again and almost present her as exhibit A of why I was right and following God correctly. If people were going to be so disappointed that I left and was totally off my spiritual path, how could they argue with such a clear example of God's grace? It was such a fairy tale that I couldn't even fathom anything better in life. We loved each other and told each other as such constantly. If, any, if anyone were to doubt that was their problem, I was tired of living to please other people's opinions. Another friend of mine during this whole time period from, from the very beginning 
with someone I'd like to call uh, my 30s life crisis friend. Um, so this guy, he, he lived out in Philly uh, for most of his adult life. He grew up in Maine. Um, but he had a failed marriage, um, mountains of debt, uh, and just general dissatisfaction over where his life was and where it was going. Um, and his, his religious views, he was also on a very deep journey. And, you know, you, you don't immediately leave the fellowship. You feel this tension and then you go and seek healing and you, you seek God and you start seeing some other Christians and you're like, I kind of like what they're doing. Maybe I'll go teach them better and share with them some some of their nice things. Or then maybe you start going and you're like, man, I really like what they're doing. I'm going to have to integrate this into what I'm doing. And then by the end of it, you're like, I am all in. And and it's so exciting to finally feel some some acceptance or healing or, or answers to questions that you weren't even allowed to ask. Um, I remember him making the leap of faith. It was so beautiful. I remember him and, and, and his struggle and his decisions and his choice. And when it all came together, um, you know, I, I mean, in some ways he chose. And I know it. I saw it. I walked with him. And so did I. I have so many different choices and, and where I got to and where I am right now. But, I mean, I don't know. When we get to these really big life moments... Do we really even have a choice? It's almost like God has so perfectly orchestrated life that we must change. We must jump. Who knows what we're jumping to? It almost doesn't even matter. We just have to leave behind the shackles of the past. There's nothing left for us. When we finally realize, that's when we become dangerous, a little unexpected. A little messy, sure, but also a little more daring, a little more brave. I remember sharing a book with my friend called Wild at Heart. Uh, the guy up in Albany, the one that looks just like me, um, he actually gave me it first. And uh, maybe that's what stirred the pot and, and planted seeds that grew up into where I was now. But I remember uh, sharing it with this, this friend from Maine, from Philadelphia, the 30s life crisis friend. Um, so this book, Wild at Heart, is all about recapturing the daring nature of God in our manhood. Um, to not let it be snuffed out of you. Um, the book starts with a quote from Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> uh, he's one of the most badass men of all time. Uh, it's not a Christian quote, but... And that would have been a huge red flag for me. Like, why ever look at quotes that aren't, like, biblical and Christian? And, but this quote is one of those ones that have come up again recently for me in life. And uh, this man, the, the, this quote, and, and the 30s life crisis for myself, anybody that, that is playing it safe in life and just getting so tired of it, just, just safe is safe, but it's not vibrant or exciting. There's not... The, as much pain, but that's, you're missing out on all the pleasure, on all the, the payoff. 
Theodore Roosevelt, quote, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who, at the best, knows in the end the triumph of high achievement? And who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly? So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. This friend got inspired by this book and his own need to live his life to the fullest. So he sold everything he had, bought a van, started a cross-country road trip. Uh, it was one of the most daring things I had ever heard of. Foolish? Uh, yeah, probably. But, oh, why not? be a little foolish in life. I mean, think of the stories to tell one day. I sold everything I had, bought a van, and started west. I mean, come on. How bad could it really get? I mean, he was already... What, he fails? He has to come back home? At least he lived. At least he has the blood on his face from trying. I love the crap out of him and his decision. I gave him money when I could. I even drove his car out to Ohio for him so that he could get someone else to drive it out to California. It's kind of a long story. He had the van, but he had the car. The car was actually uh, a stick shift. And I didn't know how to drive stick shift. I, I barely knew how to, to ride my motorcycle. Um, so I learned it uh, like two days before I drove the car six hours from Pennsylvania to Columbus. Uh, super fun. Uh, I'm, that, was, that was staring for me. Uh, I actually, I don't think I stopped once. I was pretty good at it, and I didn't stall it out very often. But, I mean, come on. Your first, like, two or three days, and you're just like, screw it, cut loose. Um, I even got my tattoo uh, the day that I left. So I got the tattoo packed up, said goodbye to the girl of my dreams, said hi, and then got in the car and left and beelined it uh, straight trip all the way out to Columbus. Um, he needed it so he could sell it. It was fun. I took a bus back. <laughs> so this guy, I mean, how many people do you think were, were, were counting on him failing? Or, or, and what does success even look like? What, what does success look like? Does he, does he make it to, to California? Which he eventually did. He wasn't even planning on there. He, was, he took a couple left turns in terms of, uh, it's fun. He, got, you know, he broke down in Arizona, eventually got it fixed, got back out to California, was only going to go there and was going to go be a park ranger. That would have been awesome. 
found a church and and was out there with his sister and just stayed decided you know what done traveling thought i was going to go further i'm stopping here stop there um trying to find work and church and life and processing and and you know he went to different groups and counseling or, or you know like i think he went to the wild at heart conference um that's super cool i haven't done that but you know what 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 makes his decision worth it you know how many people were basically saying you probably should have stayed you should have kept going to fellowship everything would have worked out you just didn't believe i, I don't know I don't want their lives. I'd like his life, even as scary and as as foolish and stupid as it is. Um, and all the people that are just just discounting him or or thinking that he's off his rocker for even trying, you probably should try some more. You should you should dare to be foolish, and maybe it'll work out, and you'll have some fun stories to tell, and you'll learn something. I know that it was scary for him. And I was feeling very similar in terms of I don't feel supported in my decision. Of course not. Everybody is basically mad at me for what I decided. <laughs> I don't have the relationships. In fact, they're not just gone. They're fractured. All the people that I looked up to, all the people I shared with, now I'm just like out there on my own figuring it out. And that is scary. That is not a comfortable place to be. And the, 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 the small people, the group of small group of people that you have in your corner that know and cheer you on anyways, you don't know where you're going. You don't know if you're right or wrong. You think you are. You wouldn't be doing it if you didn't. But sometimes you just jump and the people that are there with you while you're hanging in limbo and midair, those people are gold. And it, it is so disheartening to, to try and make some sort of change and, and adventure and journey for yourself in this life, to not stay safe, to grow past the bounds of what you ever thought was possible. And now to dare greatly, and it is going to be messy. You are going to have blood on your face. You are going to be in the arena against a, a, a new enemy or foe or, or inside turmoil that you never have faced and you are going to think i probably shouldn't have gone i shouldn't have entered this arena i shouldn't have left i shouldn't have you're going to feel that way and then it takes that voice of someone else who's in the arena too who says no we can do this that friend has been that voice for me and i hope to always be that friend and that voice for him um you know, it was funny. He even pointed me towards Lecrae. It's a very small point. Lecrae is is somewhat controversial, uh, but I actually really, really needed to hear this. So Lecrae had this music career in Christianity, um, and then he, he was almost like, I remember hearing him being talked about as like somebody who sold out that 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 life got too hard so he stopped making christian music and he just wanted to be popular um but this guy pointed out like hey he recognized the struggle in life and the mess um when i was in my religious fundamentalist days i wrote him off 
But now when I looked back, and it was just brief, he shared with me a couple of songs. I was interested to see what was going on. Um, I actually could understand much more where he was coming from and what he was saying. Um, he had a set, safe, profitable career, and he gave that up to go into a space that nobody was asking for him to be, but he felt called and led and, and couldn't be dishonest to the internal cravings anymore. And, and because of that, he didn't, he didn't go there trying to reject all the people that loved and supported him and, and confuse them. He went there because he felt like there was no other way that he could be himself anymore. And as a result, he got the backlash of everyone hating him and thinking he, he was doing it out of spite. So, I mean, how much did he really lose, though? I mean, he lost money. He lost a ton of money in terms of, like, he didn't do it for the money. You find out later if you read his book. Like, he did it because he thought it was called. And then, like, maybe he's been okay, but it wasn't, like, fame and fortune and something where, where people accused him of all the wrong motives. He was doing it out of honesty. So I saw this man who had the integrity to go off into a space that was dangerous. And I, I want to be that way too. So 30s Life Crisis friend uh, felt inspired uh, on multiple levels with him. Um, if he could leave it all behind, so could I. Uh, plus, this was one of the happiest times in my life. So it was easy to be daring. Uh, it was easy to think everything would always be like this. That the journey through the tough times was a one-way road. And I was now on the other side. I didn't need to process anymore. <laughs> it was time to just accept and enjoy like all the progress and all the processing I'd already done. Oh, um, I thought, man, I have it all figured out. Um, you know, I was just setting myself up and you could, you, you know, this, there's a little bit of foreshadowing in all this, but, um, you know, I was, I was just, I was starting my next journey. <laughs> uh, and this one would be harder and longer. Uh, my dreams would be dashed again. Uh, but but there's actually something different this time around. Um, even though I was super confident, overconfident, it really did come from a knowledge that I could be daring because God would always be there holding my hand. It's easier to believe in righteousness and your wholeness and your loved when you see that you made it through something that you shouldn't have and you know God walked you through it. And you're like, if, if he didn't leave me then, why would he ever leave me? Like I stopped questioning my own righteousness like I always used to do in a legalistic, fundamentalist group. I was just fine with the fact that he loved me and he was there with me. I knew I had things wrong. I knew I was messed up. But I didn't ever question the righteousness or the love that God had for me. 
if I had turned completely away, um, he would lead me back. What would ever stop him from doing that? And I don't, I, I truly don't think there's, there's anything that stops him. I think he always wins. I think he'll always win. But the process of him winning might take the rest of your life. Or it might hurt. It might hurt a lot. That was what I was about to find out. Help me on this treacherous road So I don't gain the whole world Before fair my soul Hold my hand and be close by my side Tell me don't be afraid It'll be alright Cause I feel more lost than in the past So tell me time and time again I'm on the right path be my comfort, be my shield, be the one who will not yield. Be my joy, be my peace, be the one who will not cease. Be my God. Be my God. Heal all my wounds and pains that I seem to collect From all my foolish ways and forget all the sins of my past And remember instead all your goodness Cause I fall short in all I do And the only perfect thing I have is you my comfort, be my shield, be the one who will not yield, be my joy, be my peace, be the one who will not cease, be my God, be my God. Change my world and change me Break all of my pride And set me free Be what's right when everything seems wrong Take all of my hurt And write it into your song Cause when I wander near and far You're the constant voice that guides my heart be my comfort, be my shield, be the one who will not heal. Be my joy, be my peace, be the one who will not cease. Be my God. Be my God.